Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you for your inviting me to this conference. Always a great privilege to preach in Chandler and uh, reconnect with all the workers and uh, pastors uh, and uh, Pastor Campbell and his leadership. Matthew 18, if you want to turn there with me, I so enjoyed the uh, seminars with Tori and uh, Brother Romero, a great spirit here, and uh, God's grace is at work. Matthew chapter 18. There are people who travel to various places uh, to uh, be able to experience some kind of a dimension. People uh, go to Lourdes in France because they're looking for healing, a Catholic shrine there. There are people who go to Chimayo, New Mexico, uh, because the tradition that they're going to have some kind of a presence or some kind of an experience there. Matter of fact, they have to keep hauling dirt in to renew it because people carry the dirt away. Uh, want to carry it off for some holy experience. Uh, and what they're really seeking is a spiritual dimension. That's what they're looking for, a spiritual dimension. And this is why they uh, travel there. And they have a conviction that if they can make it to that place and uh, be involved there, they're going to have some kind of a dimension experience, some kind of a uh, circumstance that's going to trigger that uh, and we want to look this morning at a very interesting passage of scripture is Matthew chapter 18. I was thinking as I was preparing this that uh, Jacob was traveling from uh, uh, Israel up into Haran, uh, Uncle Laban's place, and he stops in a place called Bethel, lays down and puts a, a, a rock for his pillow, and he has this... Uh, God-inspired dream. He sees a, uh, a ladder stretching up into heaven, angels of God ascending and descending on it, and he uttered this statement, uh, surely God was in this place, and I did not know it. He poured oil on the rock and uh, called it Bethel and uh, consecrated that. So thinking this uh, morning as you and I are here, we uh, are, as believers uh, are seeking the presence of God. Can you say amen? amen? You can have religion in many different places. You can have it in Chimayo, New Mexico. You can have it in the Lords in France. You can have it in St. Peter's Cathedral. You can have it in many places. You can have religion. But you and I need more than religion. Amen. We need a presence of God and the question to be asked this morning is, uh, 
How do we access that presence? How do we get that presence? Where is it? Uh, or how does it come to pass? Uh, and in Matthew chapter 18, uh, verse 18, uh, I want to read this passage with you. I want to talk to you about holy places. Verse 18, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And then this powerful statement, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I want to preach to you about holy places uh, this morning. So here, as we begin to examine this, we're, uh, we're needing to talk about the testimony of God. The testimony of God is a crucial issue and there's a multiplicity of approaches and concepts uh, that have to do with the presence of God. Most of your charismatic world today are uh, engaged in a massive movement of worship. Worship is the great buzzword of the hour. And the concept behind that is that through worship, you're, or whatever you're going to call worship, they're going to produce uh, the presence of God and you're going to have a religious experience. Uh, and this is why they sing and sing and sing and sing and sing and sing and sing. And so I've often, how many songs does it take to get the presence of God? You know, it's like, Years ago, uh, uh, Guidepost magazine uh, periodically would, uh, would publish an article uh, that was very interesting, and uh, they would uh, describe an individual who suddenly had an overwhelming experience, and uh, uh, most of them would say they just filled with love, uh, and it just overwhelmed them, had nothing to do with any sermon, had nothing to do with any religious or gospel connection, but they would have these, uh, these interesting and mystical experiences where this feeling would come upon them and they'd say, we just are just filled with love. I, uh, sometime past, I, I went to a, a female barber, and uh, so she... Uh, she began to describe to me that she had this fantastic experience. Uh, and so in conversation with her, I discovered that she's Christian science or science of the mind. And she's describing this experience with me. But this experience and spiritual account encounter was not God. Now, I can't describe or I'm not sure all the dimensions that are involved there. But uh, this was not God. And so when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about the testimony of God in the earth. I hold in my hand a Bible. This Bible is God's self-testimony of himself revealed to man. And God manifesting himself is the issue and is the central issue that you and I are encountering and we're seeking is a, an encounter with God, a presence of God, whereby God is going to have his will uh, in uh, our lives. I had a pastor that leaned over to me uh, this morning and said, I, I want to tell you that I've encountered this God that you're talking to, uh, to us about last night, and I believe that. 
And this is the issue of the hour is regardless of what service that we have, sermon that is preached or what takes place here, unless in this conference uh, we have an encounter with the living God of the Bible, then we've just been gathered together with religious activity. Can you say amen? amen. So in Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 5 says, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. So we're talking then about the presence of God. And in the earliest revelation of the Bible, this was connected with altars. In the book of Genesis chapter 12, it talks about the father of the faith. This is Abraham. And it says, and there... He built an altar to the Lord that had appeared to him. And he moved them from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord. In other words, he's calling on God to manifest himself to him as he's a, a, a human being on earth. And this is the issue of Moses in the tabernacle. You know the story, uh, Moses is told by God to build a tabernacle. He builds this, and then in Genesis, uh, or Exodus rather, chapter 40 and verse 34 says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle or in other words, God's presence uh, was made manifest, uh, and this is the issue, and you'll find this manifestation, uh, and you'll find this testimony of God uh, throughout the revelation. In Solomon's temple, he builds this temple, uh, and as he builds this temple according to the pattern that, uh, that was given to David, Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14 says, Indeed it came to pass, uh, when the trumpet, trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to the Lord, uh, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he's good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. This is why we do take time in our services to praise the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? We take time because we want to establish an atmosphere and cultivate in our hearts uh, an openness uh, to the presence of God. Uh, and so let's analyze the issue for a moment. What is involved is God meeting with man. God meeting with man manifesting himself uh, to experience uh, the presence of the Lord uh, that he may receive blessing uh, from the Lord. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, uh, the Bible says, And the Lord said, I've surely seen this oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians uh, and to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. So as I hold this book in my hand, this is the revelation 
of Jehovah God. This is the redeeming God. When you see uh, the, uh, the, the uh, name Jehovah in the Bible, this is the God who redeems. He has revealed himself uh, with seven compound names. Uh, that is a study all of itself. But this is the, the God of the Bible, the redeemer God that has redeemed mankind. So here in the text, then, as we uh, come to grips with this, uh, we want to talk about uh, uh, the power of a name. The focus of this scripture and the New Testament is the name of Jesus Christ. So here we have in the Bible God revealing himself. And as he's revealing himself, this focuses in concerning believers in Jesus Christ on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to these, these testimonies. Jesus Christ is God. Can you say amen? Jesus Christ is God, and on that premise, uh, then uh, Christianity is founded. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16, listen to this powerful statement. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen by angels. Uh, he was preached among the Gentiles. Uh, he was believed on in the world, uh, and he was received uh, up uh, into glory. So here is this glorious dimension that as we come to our text, Jesus specifically talks about believers that are gathered together in his name. That's going to be more than just a marketing label. Can you say amen? There's a powerful statement that is there. And in the book of Philippians chapter two, verses nine and 10 says, therefore God also has highly exalted him, that's Jesus Christ, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. I do crusades in numbers of places, privileged to do that. And as I open every crusade, I open it with the name, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And the reason I do that is I follow that on with, you're going to see miracles tonight. These miracles are not because of any magic that I have or any formula, but it's going to be because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and God has promised that if we will go forth and preach that, he will be present uh, and he'll confirm those words uh, with miracles following. So here is a potent issue and that potent issue, I want you to digest this for a moment uh, Jesus says, uh, where two or more are gathered in my name. Now we're talking this morning about a spiritual conveyance. We're talking about holy places. Holy places are where God has chosen to manifest himself. This is why Jacob said, this was the house of God. And I did not know it. The, 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 the Lord was present here and I did not know it. So this morning, as you and I are gathered here, and we're going to talk about this, our task and our calling is to begin to make manifest that name because we are ambassadors, the Bible says, for Jesus Christ. We're not representing ourselves. Can you say amen? I'm not coming this morning preaching Wayman Mitchell. 
when I do crusades, I'm not saying Wayman Mitchell is here and that's uh, it. We're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. That has great meaning this morning. And as we're ambassadors for Jesus Christ, the Bible says, uh, we're representing him uh, and uh, we are there to do king, kingdom business. Uh, and when Jesus sent the disciples out, he says, you go out uh, and you say to them, the kingdom of God has come unto you. You heal the sick, uh, raise the dead, cast out demons, uh, and preach, and he says, you're to say to them, the kingdom of God is here. I brought it with me when I came. I represent that, and I'm his representation, and this is the, the task that we have, and we literally are to go forth and establish embassies. Fasten that in your mind for a moment, because that has tremendous ramifications and how you're going to uh, interpret what you're doing uh, and what God is going to do uh, as, you're, as you're going for that. Jesus said, there am I. Now think about that for a moment uh, because we have authority this morning to use uh, his name and he promises to be present uh, and to confirm or to uh, work through us to execute that name and to validate that name. And we have authority to use his name and the power that is behind that name. Let me read these verses again, Matthew 18, 18 and 19. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father, uh, which is in heaven. Now, this brings us then up to the issue that will illustrate the, the tragedy of Benghazi. One of the great frauds that is being uh, propagated by the present administration is Benghazi. Benghazi in, uh, what was it, September? That uh, terrorist overran one of our consulates, our embassies in Libya, murdered and probably sexually violated the ambassador or the representative of the United States that is there. And as they did that, they violated that. And historically, that's an act of war. Think about this because it's going to illustrate what I'm saying this, uh, this morning. Historically, the reason that consulates and embassies are established is that a nation will go into another nation they will establish a consulate or a, an embassy, and that is a sovereign territory to the nation that is, uh, that is set it up. Cannot be violated. They have sanctity in, in that. It is a, a, you might say, a sacred place uh, that is not violated, uh, and uh, that was violated horribly, and the administration's covering it up, uh, Hillary Clinton and Osama, uh, or, or, yeah, Osama, that's what the other call And Obama are covering that up. That is a fraud upon the American people, and may God help us to keep that, uh, to expose that before the story is told. But that was a horrible violation of a sacred place, uh, which was a consulate uh, or an embassy, uh, and our present problems are rooted right in this uh, issue. I can remember, this is before you're born. 
I can remember uh, the uh, North Korean seizing the Pueblo, United States uh, warship. As they seized that, they kept that hostage. They still had, as a matter of fact, they kept that hostage till they were able to get some, uh, some uh, compromise and some agreements, uh, a, a shame upon America. This is when uh, that America began to compromise uh, and not act and use its power. And what they should have done is leveled North Korea, make it a parking lot, uh, and that's what they should have done. But the issue began that the United States began to compromise, not use the power that it had, and their sanctity and their uh, sovereignty was violated. And this has begun a long chain of this. Many of you may remember, you're uh, old enough to remember uh, Ronald Reagan when he came to power. Jimmy Carter was a uh, chicken liver, that's what he was. <laughs> And uh, when Iran seized the hostages uh, that were in the consulates in uh, Iran, uh, he maneuvered and did this and that and so on. They're holding these hostages uh, and, uh, and they're trying to uh, extort uh, various kinds of uh, compromises from the United States. Uh, but an interesting thing happened uh, that when Ronald Reagan was elected, uh, the moment he's elected, instantly they turned him loose. And they knew what was going to happen. Can you say amen? They knew that Ronald Reagan knew how to use power. And if you remember correctly, they immediately, take these, we don't need them anymore. And uh, they, they will. So this illustrates a point for you and I. The Marines, a, a wonderful fighting force in America in our God and country thing. When we, when we uh, in Prescott, we do this uh, every 4th of July, they, they march the flags of the military, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard, the Army. And uh, the part of the words of the United States Marine Corps uh, are very, uh, are very uh, significant. It says, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, we will fight our nation's battles on land and on the sea. Now, that's rooted in history. And the reason it's rooted in history is an occasion when the United States did use their power and they used it in Libya uh, in a time of path. Uh, and that's a part of the Marine song because that's a history because the power of the United States of America was exercised and the honor was uh, defended. And this brings us now to the issue of the hour as you and I are here. This is why the Muslims, Bin Laden said that America is a paper tiger is because of its unwillingness to defend its interest uh, and properly exercise. Uh, and so this brings us to the text that we have because God will defend the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, I want to tell you, yes, amen. Brother Romero very, very aptly described and, and didn't even use all that was involved there about the name of Jesus that's being assaulted today. And, uh, the, and this, is, this is a major assault. But I want to tell you, there is a God in heaven. <laughs> Thank God for that, Kenneth. There is a God in heaven. And I want to tell you that that will not go unjudged before it's finished 
America is filled with many believers in Jesus Christ, just like you and I seated in this place. And I want to tell you that that will not go unchallenged. You do not stand and blaspheme God and blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. I remember a man whose name was Herod, that in one occasion it's recorded in the Bible, he stood up and thought that he was somebody and he's blaspheming God and he's eaten by worms while they watch him. He died in the worms devour him right there. That would be a really illustrated sermon for a Sunday morning. Can you say amen? So let's look at this tremendous statement that we have here because the Bible says that he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. And this brings us down to our mission and our mandate this morning. Jesus has disciples. As he has these disciples, he's training these disciples. And in Luke's gospel, chapter 9, verse 2, he called his 12 disciples together. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Or in other words, he sent them and as he gave them a commission, that commission that they are to carry the authority to use his name and as their authority to use his name, his presence went with him, them to accomplish what he'd sent them to do. The presence of the Lord. I was pastoring many years ago in, uh, in a little city in Idaho, Emmett, Idaho. And uh, as I was pastoring that church, there were people there that you know, were older people. And uh, they began to tell me that in the mountains, uh, when they were timbering, which some of them had worked in, they'd had a tremendous revival up in this little area. And that the old uh, church building that was there was still standing there. And they began to plead with me, Why don't, we've got empty property here. Why don't we move that church down on, on this? And I said, what for? They said, well, God did a tremendous revival in that building. I said, well, that's then. This is now. But the mistake was that somehow a place, somehow a building, somehow a holy place was going to trigger a movement of God. And they were missing totally the issue of the hour that we have in this text of the presence of God that's going to trigger that. We have marching orders this morning in Matthew 28, 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the world. So let's ponder this powerful statement and yet very simple, and that is to establish God's testimony in the earth. That's why you and I are in this building this morning. And the Bible says, as Jesus is instructing the disciple, where two or more are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. So here's a tremendous revelation. This is not an excuse for a small church. This is a revelation that where two or more people are gathered together, 
that there God will manifest himself uh, if we're gathered in the name of Jesus Christ uh, and that all God's fullness uh, is available uh, where two or more gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, or in other words, they're submitted to do his business uh, and they're open to receive the glory of his power and the fullness uh, of his spirit. Uh, there he has promised to be with them uh, and to manifest himself. We live in a generation of mega malls. You go into some of these malls, it's like a whole city, you know. <laughs> Can you say amen? We live in a generation of mega churches. Some of these churches are so vast that it is unbelievable. And uh, uh, supermarkets and all of the mass marketing. But here's a tremendous truth. And that truth is uh, it doesn't take a lot of people to bring God's power and God's presence. And you say amen. The issue is that the name of Jesus Christ will be honored and accessed and his spirit and power can move through. And few are many where God is able to move and his testimony will go forth. And here's tremendous encouragement. We're in a great Bible conference. Out of this Bible conference, there's going to be churches planted. And these churches that are planted are sending forth embassies, sending forth consulates, if you will, pioneering this morning is going into another city or another country to establish an embassy or a consulate for Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. Can you say amen? amen. Pioneering is a daunting task. A young couple comes. They're Friday night. They're going to be presented. They're going to be pioneering and certain. And so it's going to be a wonderful time. And, you know, <laughs> people are going to be cheering. But uh, Monday is going to come. <laughs> and when Monday comes, then reality hits. And uh, that old dragon that's uh, described in Revelation 12... Uh, they're not, only, they're not going to be in the company of all these beautiful people here that are in there. They're going to enter the city, and as they're into the city, ah! you know, he's going to be there. And there's a tendency to forget what you're doing. <laughs> you're not going there to establish your name. Catch the mission here. You're going in to establish a consulate. And remember, uh, we're not talking about, uh, uh, what's his face? It's in the White House. We're talking about a real ruler. We're talking about a real king. One that you can count on to defend his name because you're establishing his name, you're doing his business, you're representing him, and the Bible promises his power can be accessed and his presence can be made manifest. And this is what you're doing, is to execute the authority of Jesus Christ and to demonstrate this in the arena of life. 
Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 20 says, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Or in other words, they worked and the Lord worked. Now this is the wonderful dimension that you and I are privileged of. I was listening to Corey preach the wonderful truths this morning. And as I was sitting there, I, the truth came to me that I've uh, thought about that discipleship isn't somebody having a class and giving some facts. Discipleship is a culture. That culture is established. And as that culture is established, then out from that culture, then begins to go forth uh, the reality uh, to bring a demonstration of God's power. We do this in uh, neighborhood crusades. Uh, we have, uh, uh, we have uh, this is summertime in Prescott. It's, a, it's, a, it's very advantageous in the summertime. And our, our men, every Friday, there's a neighborhood crusade. Here's, here, here's these disciples, you know. Uh, these disciples uh, uh, come in and, uh, and uh, they begin to catch the culture that is there. And uh, when you begin to talk about healing, it gets on them. You know, this, th this stuff gets on you. Can you say amen? It's contagious. And so they're doing these neighborhood crusades. And so here they are, just common people, thank God, standing up, doing a little neighborhood crusade, 20 visitors, maybe. They're not thousands of people, but they have boldness because there's a culture in our church uh, and that culture is a culture of discipleship, and wonderful things are happening in these. We're at breakfast, uh, uh, I think it was Monday morning, uh, and uh, as we were at breakfast there, here's, uh, uh, here's one of these uh, young men, and he says, you know, uh, uh, me and my wife, we were walking uh, in the mall, and we saw this guy in a wheelchair. And so uh, we saw that, he said, my, I, I, did, I really would like to, I'd like to pray for this guy, you know. And so he goes on and uh, walks on. His wife says, what are you thinking? And he said, you know, I'm thinking I'd really like. She said, won't you do it then? <laughs> he, went, he went back to this guy and uh, laid him in a prayer, prayed for him. And uh, as he's, uh, he's going to try to do what he's seen done in Crusade, he's going to try to help him. The guy pushes him out of the way, gets up, and starts walking back and forth. <laughs> Where two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. This thing is not dependent upon our power. Can you say amen? You know, we have... Be powerful disciples. They're, Mark, they're Schwarzenegger sized spiritual muscles, you know. Just common people that dare to use the name of Jesus Christ. And we're hearing reports from these neighborhood crusades boldness because few are many when God is involved. Listen to this text as I conclude Ephesians 3. 19 and 20, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. 
Now think about these words for a moment because here's the essence of what you and I are involved in. Where two or more, that is not an excuse for a small church. That is a statement that you and I have access to the fullness of God, to the glory of his power. And the Bible says that God will work on the behalf of those who will go forth and demonstrate his presence in the name of Jesus Christ. And a holy place is established when we begin to agree unto God because God comes on the scene and he begins to move and defend that name. It's the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? I want to tell you that's the name that is above all names that are named. That is the name that God will defend. That is the name that God will honor. Can you say amen? It's Jesus Christ. It's not the potter's house. It's not the door. It's not Victory Chapel. It's not Joe Camel. It's not Wayman Mitchell. It's not. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the one. Can you say amen? And when his name is declared, there is a presence of God that automatically takes place. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed for a moment. This Bible conference is about God establishing his presence, the presence of the Lord. That's what makes the difference. It's not music. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.